Welcome to Chip Chat Network Insights, conversations exploring network transformation through interviews with industry experts. Welcome to Chip Chat Network Insights. My name is Allison Klein. I'm delighted to welcome Nicholas St. Pierre, Vice President and Office of the CTO at Sandvine, back to the studio. Welcome, Nicholas. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you, Allison. So, Nicholas, why don't you just start? I know you've been on the program many times, but why don't you just start with an introduction of Sandvine and your role at the company? Uh, sure. Sandvine is a company that's been around for quite a few years. I mean, we've been pioneering the packet intelligence or DPI for a number of years. What we're delivering in the past few years is really around network intelligence or more precisely active network intelligence where we allow operators that provide broadband services of any and every kind, really, to deliver new products to themselves, create new revenue generation opportunity, optimize the network, but you know, consistently have good feedback on analytics and optimization of their network. It's really the sort of pillars that we have, along with the regulatory compliance. I, myself, am the vice president of the office of CTO, so I manage a lot of the forward-looking strategy within the company with my group of global directors and reporting into the chief technology officer. Tell me where you think Sandvine brings the most value to the broader question about industry innovation to support 5G and why these core capabilities are so critical to the delivery of 5G. 5G brings along a new dimensioning, whether that's the number of devices that we're going to have, bringing in a lot of sensor technology with IoT, the ultra-fast broadband that is going to be available through gigabit services and beyond, the low-latency aspect of that. So all of these factors and new dimensions in 5G really need to be controlled properly. There are mechanisms within the 5G standards or with 3GPP, for example, uh, to dimension things such as network slices and so on. But to have very good visibility into these KPIs, we need to provide some of the services that we've traditionally brought onto 4G networks, such as analytics and network optimization, to allow the operators to monitor these services and make sure they are actually being delivered properly. And one of the gaps that we see in the network in 5G and in 4G is really the relationship between what is being delivered and as far as services like bandwidth and low latency that I just mentioned and the effect on quality that it has on the applications. Operators now are transforming their network operation centers, like NOx, into service operation centers. So it's not sufficient anymore to know if you have degradation of your network. It's required to know if you have degradation and what is the level of degradation of of application themselves in the way that they are being experienced by the end users. So that's really the differentiation that we see going into 5G and implementing those around the standards, such as a service-based architecture that allows the interoperability of different components, such as network data analytics, network exposure functions for OTTs to participate in ensuring the quality of experience of over-the-top applications, which typically have been left on the best effort silo, and now they have a chance with 5G to really participate in delivering quality services to the end users. Now, you guys have specific policy engines associated with addressing this. Tell me about those. Yes. So we traditionally have done both the enforcement in that model, as well as the charging and rating functions. When we move into 5G, we're separating through COPS, uh, the, the approach of control and user plane separation. We're really separating the, what's called the data plane and the control plane. 
so that they may, for example, scale completely differently, maybe um, be in different domains of virtualization infrastructure or under different vendors altogether, for example. What we've been providing is really in the silo of network optimization and revenue generation is a set of use cases where traditionally operators have bought sort of a toolbox to try to get some policies going. We figured that it's much easier to actually deploy an instantiated use case than it is a toolbox that we then try to configure. And that is extremely easy to understand in the virtual space where we typically have deployed a client and try to do things with it now in a virtual infrastructure. It's very easy to just roll out or instantiate a use case or bring it back and modify it and roll it out again or scale it. The importance around these use cases, the analytics component, and automating this analytics. So we have something called active network intelligence where we actually use the analytics results, see what's on the network to drive those policy enforcement, which is a new thing for us in the industry to really understand that we historically have written shaper rules. For example, I want these videos to achieve three megabits and I will shape my network accordingly. Well, nowadays with new codecs, new encoding techniques, new bit rates, 4K, and all of these technologies together, it's next to impossible to predict you know, what are the technical requirements to achieve good quality. So we've decided to just let's do policies with intent. So instead of saying, I want my videos to have this, meg- this throughput in megabits, our new policies on the network are, I want video to have a good quality, and good quality is distinguished in many different ways depending on the types of videos. So now we're auto-adjusting these policies, what we call automating with intent, with active network intelligence. We see the network, we analyze the network, and then we take actions on the network. There's a lot of question about exactly when operators are going to start deploying 5G and what the industry needs to do to push us over that last mile of engagement with testing and trials to get to those active live deployments. Tell me about what Sandvine's doing to drive that. And then are there any insights that you have in terms of what are the required technology innovations that will enable those broad deployments? Yes, more and more now we're talking about non-standalone or hybrid deployments, which 3GBP defines a certain deployment option called option number 3A, where we use 5G NR, which is the new radio capability. And then we plug those 5G radios into an evolved packet core or 4G packet core. So now we have some of the benefits of an early deployment of new radio technology that allows us to go through gigabit speeds and so on and deliver some of the low latencies and on all these metrics that I mentioned. But we use a true tried and tested packet core in the form of the EPC. What this means is within a couple of months or years, we'll actually transition from the EPC to the 5G core, and we need to have some sustainability in the components in between the two. So today, an operator could offer 5G accessibility on 5G equipments going through those radios using Sandvine as they have in their established network on a 4G packet core, deliver all of these analytics network optimization and revenue generation use cases I mentioned. But they need to look at a path forward in a disassembled network where we have on the service-based architecture different functions of Sandvine in a 5G environment. So there's a migration that needs to take place for the operators, and that's what we see as the last mile moving from a GI land type application to one where we're on the N6 or the LAN, the 5G LAN, for example, with the same application. So we're changing the way the packet core is going to be 
but operators are going to sustain their 4G networks for years to come, and they want some consistency across these types of networks. So I think the pragmatism that is being shown this year is really around let's go for the radio first and let's work out how we can sustain all of our services and use cases in our 4G and 5G networks. You guys published an interesting paper that I wanted to ask you about on global internet phenomena. Can you talk about that and teach us about what you guys learned in terms of the use of internet across the world? What we're seeing in the late phenomena report is two things. First is, you know, video is still the dominant force. In fact, Netflix is very dominant there. What we also see is a fragmentation of the video offerings. So the dilemma becomes I want to watch HBO and I want to watch another other couple of specialty channel, but there doesn't seem to be an aggregator of these services. I'm now driven to subscribe to several individual video delivery service, and we think that overall the consumer reacts badly to this. They have to maintain multiple subscription, and it's driving some of the piracy to come to resurface, whereas it had been quite low in the past few years because the video content owners were responding quite legitimately by offering services to the demand of consumers uh, to stream online. So we're seeing a little bit of a growth in the number of providers. Consumers are a little bit confused, but overall video consumption is really the dominant player on the internet today. And what I think we'll see in the 5G realm is that will change a little bit. We'll see more content, more high-definition content or ultra-high-definition content also emerge from these content providers. We'll see more efficient encoding. So bandwidth will go higher but not significantly so because of new encoding. I know that the collaboration with Sandvine and Intel is great. In fact, you guys were awarded the Intel Network Builders Ecosystem Winner Circle for Solutions Plus. What are you most looking forward to in 2019 when you look at the opportunity in the 5G arena? And how do you plan on working with other market leaders in delivery of those capabilities? Yeah, so in 2019, we're looking forward to collaborating continuously with the Intel Network Builders. We use a lot of these services. So, for example, the NFV Fast Track Kit that allows us to really scale up our virtual network function, establish the parameters of the performance that is going to be required by 5G deployments. So we're very happy to continue to develop against 5G, and we think our use case suites will be continuously improving with the help of the Intel Network Program. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. If folks want to find out more about Sandvine and your product offerings, where should they go for more information? Uh, Sure. So our website is obviously sandvine.com and at Sandvine for our Twitter feed. Awesome. Thanks for the time today. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. 